0: This is Fundraising Growth Now, the podcast for arts and cultural organizations wanting to build stronger donor relationships and raise more money. It's part of the RSC Coaching Program and is hosted by founder and CEO Bob Sweeney. For the latest insights and information, join our mailing list at rscfundraising.com. Greetings again, and thanks for all the really positive feedback regarding our new podcast format. I'm really glad you like it. I like doing it this way, uh, much more conversational, and we'll continue to massage our approach a little bit, even um, probably vary it some, in an aim to strike just the right balance for our listeners and for people who will be participating moving forward. But now, I want to move on with today's installment. You know, William Shatner once said it best. He said, Live life. Live life like you're gonna die because you're gonna. And I know that that's quite an intro in today's topic planned giving and legacy giving. But it seems like right now, planned giving is a popular focus in arts and cultural fundraising circles. And while we focus on life and not death in planned giving, death is an inevitable part of the equation. Maybe it was COVID, or maybe it was the market, or or any number of other things that has renewed interest in legacy giving. The talk of fiscal sustainability is really growing in popularity, and legacy giving is getting amplified attention. And I say it's about time. Don't get me wrong, planned giving has often made its way into the arts fundraising discussion. Yet also, just as often, it doesn't get equal traction in terms of time, resources, results, or execution. And by that I mean execution of the program, that is, not the donors. But enough of the puns, Uh, quite often I'll tell you, I see three levels of interest from arts organizations about planned giving. The first one is, nearly every organization talks about it. Everybody wants a legacy gift program. There's, There's no one that we talk to who doesn't want one. So that's a given. Number two, many organizations start it. They prepare one, they launch one. Um, They create brochures, they put things on websites, lots of written collaterals, terrific stuff in almost every case. Third, only a few stay focused on maintaining that program after their launch, long enough to maintain momentum that produces some real velocity, um, real sustainability. Then the program gets ignored for some period of time, then it has to be restarted. And I see that cycle start over and over and over again with um, any number of organizations. In fact, legacy giving and annual fund giving share at least a few of the characteristics. And so while I talk about you know, maybe planned giving doesn't get the time it deserves, um, it does look and behave a lot like annual fundraising and sometimes in ways that people don't even give it credit for. And, and in particular, things like um, uh, the momentum that's needed, the daily attention that's needed and to, to make it successful and to realize the full potential of results. So I'll ask you, does your organization have a legacy giving program? And if it does, does it get the attention it deserves? And if it does, is it the attention that is consistent enough to build sustainability for planned giving? Are you seeing steady and growing numbers of participation? Um, are you seeing more people attracted to the discussion? And, and if, if you are, that's great. Uh, then I'd say probably uh, move on to the next podcast. But if your organization is like most organizations that we deal with, there are gaps in your program and, and probably gaps in time, not expertise or anything else, but, but, but gaps in time and attention um, that, that likely equate to more downtime than uptime. And, and, you know, because I'm a coach, everyone who works with my firm's a coach, we get it. I mean, we, we get the plan giving is one of those activities that everybody understands is important, but it doesn't feel as urgent. Because most arts administrators are spending, you know, a majority portion of their day dealing with the urgent, so anything else takes a back seat, including planned giving, because it just doesn't have the urgency, it doesn't feel like it, at least it doesn't have the urgency that other daily um, responsibilities have. But that mindset is exactly what makes arts legacy giving programs underperform or even fail, and I think it's pretty avoidable. Just like any fundraising, there are best practice approaches to having an effective planned giving program. And I don't care what your budget size is, um, or whether you have 10 or zero fundraising staff, or if your program's a volunteer run or staff run, it doesn't really matter. I think there are probably some, at least what we consider, um, universal best practices at RSC regarding uh, planned and legacy giving. First, we say keep the process simple. At first, if you, so if you don't have one, um, you, you're, you're, you, you'll likely only need to focus on two or three giving vehicles. But one of the mistakes that we see is that uh, that when someone starts a program, they want to put every potential giving vehicle possible in this, it, and they're not professionals at it. Um, their donors aren't professionals at it. And so it's, it's just a lot of wasted noise when you could focus on two or three things, wills, real estate, maybe life insurance, something like that things that you could really expand into later, but you really only need two or three things to start with. Second, um, I usually say write a simple marketing plan for how you'll position and promote your planned giving program. Just the basics. Uh, Who will appeal to them? How will you appeal to them? How often will you appeal to them? Um, What are you gonna say? What's the primary message? Again, keeping things very, very simple, very repetitive, very simple. Next, I would say develop a simple but inspiring case for support. Forget all the big illustrative words. Instead, focus on voicing emotional stories backed by a few supporting statistics. Particularly in planned giving, um, people come with assumptions. They will come with the assumption that they're not the type of person who does planned giving because they're not a multi gajillionaire. And while Helping them through that is is good in terms of logic, I suppose. Um, What really helps break it down is just good, solid storytelling. The people who are already making planned gifts to you, most of them are not mega, mega millionaires. Um, Most of them are common people doing common things. They love the organization and they want to do something meaningful. That's a great story to tell over and over again. So um, developing simple, simple, simple case for support that is surrounded by very good emotional stories. Um, next, I would say, um, while you're planning, figure out how you'll recognize and appreciate the legacy donors. Uh, you could do it with spaces in your facility, maybe. Um, maybe you'll do it through educational or artistic uh, programs that you offer. Um, maybe you'll do it with artists who you have. Uh, there, It could be any number of things like that. But again, I don't think that you have to create a comprehensive Uh, list of every possible naming opportunity uh, that you could think of again start small build from there Um, oh yeah and last um, ask on a regular basis and again you know we create these marketing materials and sometimes we expect the marketing materials to do the job for us that the marketing materials job is to pique interest not to um, not to take it all the way through to the gift's end So I'd say asking on a regular basis is something that, believe it or not, uh, some organizations forget. Now, you can ask donors to self-identify as prospects through any number of means. And so, you know, ask through the marketing materials, um, use e-information on your webpage, uh, through e-blasts, that sort of thing. But then when it comes time to ask for the gift, do as much as you can in person. Um, tie the ask to other gift requests so you can think in terms of uh, uh, comprehensive giving, annual giving combined with a legacy gift, or a major gift combined with a legacy gift. So you don't need a big timpani roll every time that you ask for a legacy gift. You incorporate that into your daily asking, and, in, and it starts to make sense to you, and it starts to make sense to your donors. So think subtle. Think steady. Think sustainable in your approach think about the things that you can do without creating um, this big big huge moment every single time but in particular think about how to make your legacy program sustainable here's what i would say you'll want to keep plan giving activity simple yet consistent just do a little bit every day work the marketing calendar that you create the one that i mentioned earlier whatever your marketing plan is and that should be simple as well just review it at least once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks to be sure that you're taking advantage of, of what you thought through as you created that plan. Um, measure your success in terms of new donors, not new dollars. And, and yes, this is a thing. Some people still want to say, we've got to raise $3 million a year in new planned gifts. Well, that may not be the way to win. Maybe the way to win is to get a new planned gift committed every month. And you do that for 10 years and you have 120 new planned gifts. And some of them are going to be 5,000, 10,000. Some of them might be a million. But to focus solely on the money in a planned giving program, uh, to me, seems short-sighted. Next, I would say then set and manage your metrics. How much marketing will you do each quarter? How many direct asks do you plan to do? How will you incorporate that into a comprehensive giving program? Um, How many follow-ups will you do? Uh, what will celebrations look like and how do you publicize those or celebrate those in a different way? But have those things predetermined so that then it just becomes a matter of, of conditioning and execution over and over and over again. Now, I know what you might be thinking. If only there was an outline about these best practices, right? Well, guess what? Um, we have one through our company I'm going to supply it to everybody through this podcast. So we've developed a brief yet. I I think it's pretty informative. Um, We get good feedback on it with clients. Um, A pretty informative outline on how to launch a sustainable and easy to do plan giving program for arts and culture. So if you'd like to get your own copy, please go to our website at www.rscfundraising.com. Uh, and download a copy for yourself. There's also going to be a link in if you are included on our uh, email list. There'll be a link there that you can do pretty quickly, and and so that way you can put it to use right away. We're happy to field questions on it that you might have if you just contact us. Um, it won't be all encompassing, all comprehensive, but it is a really, really good start, particularly if if you don't have a program or you need to restart your program. So as a parting thought, um, I'll just ask you to remember at least you know, one takeaway from today's podcast. Remember that a plan giving program is a lot like an annual fund program in one respect. They each need daily attention to be successful. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you get the opportunity to download that resource we're giving you. And if you like this podcast, please make sure you share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening to this edition of Fundraising Growth Now. To find previous episodes, to join RSC's mailing list, or to find more information about our client services and success stories, please visit rscfundraising.com.